Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rob Talks podcast. And this is episode 27. Now, just to answer really the elephant in the room, I apologize for my kind of break over the past two weeks. I had some major issues with my laptop, and so I am going to have to re record some episodes but absolutely no worries about that we move forward and i'm here in the lovely place of the southwest coast on in the area of devon and i'm currently on holiday for the next few weeks so hopefully we'll be able to get some cool episodes maybe we can do one in the outdoors if it's nice and sunny unfortunately currently at the moment it's uh it's quite cloudy and very typically british weather very rainy and not so great at the moment but we will see what happens in the coming days and weeks. But for this episode, this episode is a particularly special one as I'm going to be focusing on the topic of what running an ultra marathon taught me. And this is because it was only from the time that I'm recording this just over a week ago that I ran the Race to the Tower race, which is an ultra marathon, which is a double marathon which means it is 52.4 miles long and is going along the Cotswold Way, which, to my surprise, is very hilly. Uh, <laughs> that was probably the first thing that shocked me about it. I thought it was going to be quite flat uh, because I live in an area called the Peak District and the Peak District is quite hilly. And so you get this kind of anomaly in your head or this wrong perception of that you think, because of where I live is hilly, everywhere else is pretty flat in comparison. But the Cotswold Way had some hills, I can tell you that. But I had a fantastic time, and this race was all in aid of Cancer Research UK, and I believe my Just Giving page is still running, so I will leave a link to that in the description below. But what was my racing experience? My racing experience, really, it starts even before the race began. In terms of training, I'd been training for the past six months or so, five or six months, whilst I was in Norway and whilst I was in Trondheim. And it was difficult, I have to say. And even looking back now, I honestly can say that, in a way, the training was more difficult than the actual race. And that is just purely because of situations that you're put in. With the training, it meant at one point I had to run 30 miles, all self-sufficient off my own food and water that I was having to carry. And I was all by myself. I had nobody else. It was just really me against myself and against my own self-talk trying to tell me to stop or to take a break or just to catch a bus back home to my student accommodation. And so that really was tough. And I didn't realize how helpful doing that was going to be actually for when it came to the race and the actual race I had to run. And so I was honestly very nervous and I had multiple phone calls with my mom and talking to people and saying that I thought I wasn't going to be able to do this. I honestly felt as though it just didn't make sense because running plans are really weird. So the longest run that I did as part of my training, and this is what this official training plan said, it wasn't what I made up. This official training plan said the furthest that I would run was 30 miles in a long run. But that would then mean that only a few weeks later, 
I would then have to run 52.4 miles. And so I was really confused about where am I going to add up the extra 22.4 miles? Where are they going to come from? They're not just easy to just do like that. It's not like when you get to ultra marathon stages, you kind of feel as though if it's only 10 miles more, you can probably do it. When it starts getting more than that, like 15, 20, even 30 miles longer than what you've trained, it all of a sudden becomes a lot harder and a lot more difficult to know what's going to happen. And to be honest, a lot of my worries before the race was just due to uncertainty because I'd never done this before. And this happens on every single long run that I have done whilst I was training. I would get worried beforehand. I'd be thinking of the worst. I'd be thinking, what if I can't make it back? What do I do if I injure myself? What do I do if I run out of food, if I run out of energy? So many crazy scenarios that were going through my head. When the truth was, I needed to back myself and be confident that I was fit enough and that I just needed to go and it would be fine. And in the end, I got to the start line and it was quite good in a way. We got to the start line very close to the time that I needed to start. So it may, it meant that I didn't have much time to think. I just needed to go and I needed to really get ready to get going and be prepared that I was going to run basically for the whole day, which I still was struggling to get round in my head. And so we did a very crazy warm up. <clears throat> And so we did a very crazy warm up in stretching with other people. And this is when I started to realize how many people were running this race. I believe in the end it was nearly 3,000 people were involved in the whole event. And at least 1,000 were doing the full ultra marathon that I was part of. And there was just so many people. And that is what, in fact, made the race a little bit easier in terms of mindset because you had people who would look after you who would chat to you along the way that would back you up because it was less of a race for a competition it was race more for trying to get everybody to finish to complete this crazy challenge that people had signed up for and it was just so nice because i'd basically gone from training where i was just all by myself to now running in a community of people who wanted to back you and who wanted to help you to complete the race and my racing experience, I felt, was great. And I think I got quite lucky in terms of that I did what I said I would do. And I don't normally always do that. I normally say to myself, right, we're going to go really slow. And then I don't go slow. I go too quickly. I tire myself out. And then I usually ruin my run. Whilst this time, I said to myself, no, we are going to fight back the kind of feelings of wanting to overtake people and wanting to be at the front and that I was going to be very conservative with my run and hold back and make sure that I was going slow enough and so I let especially within the first half marathon I let so many people overtake me because I just kept saying to myself this mantra that I will overtake them later I know that I will be fine and in the end that is what happened like I met one lady who I was running with at one point three miles into the race and after that I never saw her for ages and she just went off and I thought I'm never going to see her she's going to finish like two hours before me and I overtook her on the last mile of the race and that's just what happened I felt like I paced the run really well that day and I took my time and it was crazy as well because 
most people think about that kind of distance, probably one of your biggest issues is going to be your legs and whether your legs are going to be able to run that far. And honestly, that was so much down to your tactics of how fast do you run uphill, how fast do you run downhill, and also being able to take electrolytes along the way. That's something that as quite a novice runner. I had no idea what these electrolytes tablets were doing, but they were brilliant in terms of being able to rehydrate myself, but also to stop cramping in my legs. And so that's what got me through and my tactics got me through to eventually run the 52.4 miles in just over 13 hours and overall i have to say it was an amazing experience and i can highly recommend it to anybody and i have to say it is of course as you would understand a tough experience and i massively was getting outside of my comfort zone and there were points of where you just want to give up you've had enough but there were also points that I felt so relaxed and felt like it was so easy that I would easily do this race in like eight hours. But that's just the way that the race goes because of the ups and downs with the hills, but also mentally where you are. But running this ultra marathon taught so much to me and also solidified a lot of what my thinking was before that ultra marathon. And that was just massively to do with mental resilience and when you need to have resilience. And I think what it confirmed for me was the fact that to have mental resilience, you need to have the combination of both your mindset and your inner self-talk. So your mindset needs to be one that is positive, of one that is kind of making sure that whatever your perception is, your perspective of what's happening at that point in the race or within the event or whatever you are doing, that you are going to keep going and that you can keep going. And the self-talk was so much of just answering that voice that you've got in your head, that voice that you have that says, you're too tired, you need to give up now, your legs are cramping up, you should stop. And there was so much that I learned about that, that even was based from a fantastic book that I've read before called Art of Resilience by Ross Edgeley. And what Ross speaks about in that book is the fact of that your body will do as many physical cues to try and get you to stop because our aim for survival is to try and make sure that we are comfortable. So we need to be more comfortable for us to survive. And so consequently, your body will try and make you throw up. It will try and cramp your legs up. It will try and put you in a headspace where you think that you are actually in pain or that you're really tired when the truth is you're not. And I honestly realized this when I was running this ultramarathon race. So picture this. You've just finished. So the, the whole race is a double marathon. So the easiest way to split it up is two marathons you're going to run one marathon and then you've got to run one straight after that and after the first marathon we finished the first marathon on a mile uphill ascent i was tired i was really feeling it in my legs and my head was saying just quit now you've got a pit stop here you could quit now your mum could come and pick you up you could go home you could be happy that you've ran a marathon but something in my head said there are other people around me that are going on and I know that I can do even better than what they can do. And I know that I've got this, that there's something deep within me that means that I've got this. 
but the miles that happen between the 26th mile and all the way through to about the 32nd, 33rd were insanely hard. And that was just because, not because of tiredness or because of fatigue or because of leg cramp or anything. It was so much to do with my head and it was so much to do with the self-talk because you've just completed a marathon. So your brain, my brain at least, was dealing with the fact, wow, you've just ran 26 miles. You've just completed a marathon. That's so long. You must really want some food. You must really want to rest. And then when you've started again, your brain just takes on any negative kind of perspective that it can. So it was something as simple as, oh, we're only on 28 miles. That means you're only two miles in. Oh, you've got so much further to go. Or even when I got to into the 30s, it was, oh, you've got so much longer to go. That's 20 miles, Rob. You can't run 20 miles. And I had this voice just going around in my head. And so actually the hardest part of the race was between that 26 and 33rd mile. It was in between there that it was just absolute hell. And to top it off, the majority of that time we were going uphill. And so it was just an absolute strenuous battle. But what happened and why I say this kind of ended on the 33rd mile was because on between the 32nd and 33rd mile, we were just going up to reach the top of this hill. And as we were getting up there, I started talking to myself in my head and I realized that so much of what my head was saying in terms of that my legs were tired or that I was tired was honestly a load of crap. I was fine because we'd been going uphill and in ultramarathon running, when you're going on really steep ascents, you're allowed to walk. It's seen as a very normal exercise to just walk. There's no point running yourself sprinting up that hill and then you're tired and you've still got 20 miles to go. There's no point in doing it. So unless you've got like elite professional fitness, there's no point in doing that. And so I was walking up this hill and of course your brain, my brain was just telling me it's time to give up. It's time to stop. But I knew that I could go on. And I knew that if I just kept this perspective of that it is all in my head, that eventually something would happen and that my body would react differently. And it did. I got to the top of that hill around about the 33rd mile and in between the 33rd and 34th mile, something just happened. My legs didn't ache anymore. My breathlessness had stopped. I didn't feel tired. I felt energized. I kept loading in carbohydrates of my flapjack and my gels. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, I feel as though I've started the race again. And I was genuinely confused because there were people around me who were still walking, trudging along, breathing really hard. And I felt great. I honestly, something clicked and I was just like, wow, that was all in my head. It wasn't true. It wasn't true that my legs were cramping. That was genuinely my body trying to get me to stop. That was my head trying to get me to stop. And in the end, I could push through and I was okay. 
And I think that is something that happens massively within our lives, within events where we need to have that resilience. That is so much about just getting over that hump, that hump of your mind trying to push you and push you and push you, saying, you can't do this. You feel crap. You need to stop. And then once you get over that hump, you then all of a sudden realize, oh, I'm actually all right. Oh, I'm actually okay. And that has happened to me multiple times in my life, both from when I was going through having cancer in my treatment, but also in running and in other exercise sports and in other times where I've had to push myself. It's all about getting over that hump and realizing you're okay. You're still here. You're not dead. You're still fighting. Your body is still perfectly fine. You can do this. And as soon as I got past that 34th mile, I realized I could do this. And all of a sudden, that's where the mindset kicks in, that positive mindset of realizing, wow, if I just keep going steady up until about the 40th mile, then I only have 12.4 miles left to go, which when you've been running long runs of 20, 30 miles, 12.4 miles feels like nothing. It's just a click of the fingers, a couple of hours of running, and you've done it. And that's genuinely what happened. And it's why I finished the race in a really strong position. I walked about the 50th and the 51st mile because I was very tired. And then the last uphill, I was walking really quickly, like really pacing it. And on the last stretch, the last couple hundred meters, I sprinted. Because I genuinely had so much adrenaline for one running through my body. But I also was just so in this mindset of that I could do this. I can persevere. And that was the point of where I had to push through the pain in my legs. To push through the pain in my chest and my breathing. And I crossed the line. And crossing that line was just an immense feeling. It was just insane. I remember going on that final stretch right before the finish line, literally where the, you can see the finish line. And I just threw my hands up in the air because I was like, Rob, what you have done is insane. And sometimes we don't give ourselves credit enough for that. And I needed to understand that what I have just done in running for over 13 hours is something that Robert McKinnon back when I had cancer and everything, would never, ever have thought of. And even the Robert McKidda before that, I would have never have stretched myself this far. I would never have pushed myself this far. I never believed that I could achieve something like this. And so I needed to understand that this was a moment to savor and a moment to realize you are resilient, Rob, and you can do this. And that's why I fully believe that everybody can achieve crazy goals that you have in life. And you can achieve these dreams that you have. But so much of it comes down to that training, the hard work, the hard yards that you have to put in. But also this understanding, which I also got from the race and looking back at it, in that you have to be able to push through the journey. You have to be able to push through this journey and you have to enjoy the journey. If you don't fully enjoy the journey, then you're not going to do it. And for me in the training, there were days that I hated, but there were days that I absolutely loved 
because in particular running up hills is actually great fun because you can be really steady on the uphill or you can really push yourself but the best thing is is that you then have to come back down and i love running downhill i love running over rocks and jumping over streams and everything that comes in between that and it's just being able to realize that you've got to push through the journey you've got to enjoy the journey and eventually the journey leads to this amazing crazy hard to fathom really ending that if you were to just say to yourself yeah i'm gonna do that or when you have the mindset before you've even started training and going yeah i'm gonna run this ultra marathon very much like i had you think you're nuts <laughs> you're crazy but once you've put the hard yards in and once you've got to that point of that you can see the finish line you actually realize how much of how you got there to that point is about the journey enjoying the journey and pushing through the journey that's how i completed that ultra race and that's how i crossed that finish line and the last thing that i really thought about with all of this is related to my first point in terms of tony robbins speaks about this a lot if you listen to any of his podcasts or videos or even read his most recent book which is to do with biohacking and kind of stuff along those lines but something that he speaks about is that so much of how we get through illnesses and how much we get through physical things that happens to our bodies is in fact all in our heads there are people out there that have got through having huge cancerous tumors all just because of little changes in their life and because of their mindset and it creates miracles and things that doctors can't explain and i truly believe that there is a part in our world of where that does work there are times of where people take it to the ludicrous extent of where for example if you say to yourself that you visualize yourself winning an Olympic gold medal, but then you do absolutely no work towards the Olympics or towards a sport or towards anything towards actually getting a gold medal, it's not going to happen. And I think that's the true truth in this as well. If you entirely do this as self-affirmations and nothing else you do absolutely no work to what you're trying to achieve if it is trying to overcome an illness if it's trying to run an ultra marathon or whatever it is then you won't achieve it but we have to understand that when we do put work towards something and we do put the hard yards in that so much of the outcome and the final result is in fact in our heads because our brain is trying to help us to survive our brain unfortunately the way it works in terms of trying to make us survive has a negative tangent on it which means that it will always look to the negative to make sure that you don't put yourself in danger to make sure that you don't push yourself too far or what it deems as being too far to make sure that you look to be in the most comfortable manner possible and that's why once you realize that click of that so much of what you can achieve is in fact just in your head and is in your self-talk that's how you can know how to achieve your dreams and how to achieve these crazy goals that you set yourself and that's how i know 
then it may not be tomorrow that it happens and it may not be in the next months or next year. But I know if I set myself out a crazy goal, like being able to run 100 miles or being able to run the length of Britain, as I say, it may not happen tomorrow, but I know that I can eventually do it because so much of it is me putting the journey in and pushing through the journey and then getting over the fact that so much of it is in my head. And I truly believe that until you really push yourself outside of your comfort zone, you won't truly realize how much of it is in your head. You'll only get the tip of the iceberg. Once you do something like an ultra marathon or a crazy endurance event, or you go through a crazy moment in your life that could be like cancer or a death of a loved one, whatever it may be, something that even is traumatic. That's when you start to realize how much so much of your life can be dictated by purely what is going on in your brain. And so I recommend everybody to just think about that, to even write down what you think about that and think about how going forward you want to treat your mindset and your self-talk and see where you can find those opportunities to build resilience and to be resilient and to get outside your comfort zone. You have been listening to the Rob Talks podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I love every single one of you that listens. I really appreciate every single one of you. And I look forward to seeing you for next week's or even the next video from the Rob Talks YouTube channel. You have just been listening to the Rob Talks podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And please make sure to subscribe and give me a follow on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, or even LinkedIn. And I will speak with you soon. Stay safe and have a great week.